Welcome, everybody. We're so glad you guys are here, uh, everybody online, everybody in person. If you happen to be new with us today, I'm trying to spot out some new folks. I'm Sean. This is my wife, Krista, and we're your new lead pastors. Today is our first day. So, man, we're so, so excited. Um, after the service, we'll be hanging out out there by the ice cream crutch. So if you haven't had a chance to say hi, please come and do that. We would love to meet you uh, in person. Listen, our vision here is simple. It's to be caring people, caring for people. And man, uh, we, just, we just hope that God allows us to continue to fulfill the vision of the house into the future. And I want to tell you, if you guys missed last week, it was unbelievable. It was a phenomenal service. The honor that our church gave to our pastors was just through the roof. And uh, I want to encourage you, get online and make sure to listen or watch. There's so many different ways that you can do that. So make sure to check that out if you miss it. And I want to let you guys know this. Uh, we had so much coaching uh, during the realignment season and, and our coaches advised our pastors to take some time off, take a couple of months out and just recalibrate, uh, figure out who the new you is. They, they have been... By first name, Pastor Mike, his name is Mike, by the way, Mike Benson, but some of you have only called him Pastor, and for 50 years of his life, that has been his name, Pastor. And so we're just going to let them discover who they are, and they're going to take some time. And then, and then us as a church family and your new pastor, we're going to kind of honeymoon together and get to know each other. Maybe we'll have our first fight. And, you know, I mean, it's going to be good. We're going to have a really, really good time. So um, we'll be excited to have them back sometime in June. And so uh, we're really, really excited. So before we get started with the message, we just wanted to take a, a moment to say thank you to some people um, who were really instrumental in this realignment season. First of all, we want to thank our board. Man, we have the most incredible board at the Grace Place, and you guys have been such a blessing to us um, and to my parents during this season of transition. You have led so well with such great unity and intentionality, and we just want to say thank you for your wisdom and for all the things you have set us up for great success in this next season. We also, we had a realignment team. It was kind of like a committee that helped um, plan all the events that led up to like the reception and the service and um, we had some special a special dinner with the staff and the board and and there was just some people who did a lot of work behind the scenes and we want to say thank you to them that is um, Pastor Amanda that was Landon Oral uh, Clay and Amy Earl like thank you so much um, for all the work you did leading up to this uh, to this moment right here we could not have been able to do what we did to honor um, our pastors if it wasn't for you guys um, also just our staff including Incredible! They have just been so amazing during this season, coming behind um, us and helping us to prepare to prepare for what the future has in store. Um, all of the volunteers who helped behind the scenes, um, and then just you as a church, every single one of you. Um, Sean and I, we are just so incredibly proud of the unity that we have experienced during this last year and during this season of realignment. You know what? Um, this is one of the healthiest transitions I have ever witnessed in a church. And being a, a PK, I have seen quite a bit of transition in my life. And I want to just commend you as yeah. a church body um, for, for just the unity that was experienced, the encouragement, um, just how you stepped up and um, are willing to, to change and, and take on new things. It's really incredible. And the cool thing about having such an, an amazing transition is this, is that we get to start, we get to launch from a great foundation, right? We don't, we're not going to spend these next few 
months rebuilding something that's broken. No, we get to stand on the wow. shoulders of our parents and, and of this church and of the foundation that has been built. And we are excited because this foundation is strong and we are going to be able to, to get out there and move and go and grow and do all the things because how many of you believe that it is a new season in this house? Yeah. Amen. And it's a new season, not just for this church, but I believe that it is a new season for you. It is a new season for you individually, and I cannot wait to see all that God has in store for us Let's today. go. Amen. Man, I got an anointed wife. Man, if y'all get tired of hearing me, I just bring her up, and we just going to do this thing together. By the way, we're co-pastors, so we do this thing together. So I just, we just need to help you out a little bit. Like, when you think about who's really in charge, we're in charge. We do this together. It's, there's no like, oh, we should go talk to Pastor Sean because he's the real pastor. No, we're, we're doing this together. We are the pastors of this church. And I'm telling you, uh, neither one of us could do it alone. Uh, we chose to do it together because we feel like we're better together and we are stronger together. Well, how many of you guys are ready for the word? So we're going to be talking in this two-part series about level up. Somebody say level up. And so to be clear, when we talk about leveling up, here's not what we're talking about. We're not talking about being a busier person. We're not talking about working harder or striving to get God's attention. How many of you know we already have his attention? How many of you know the gospel says that we're his beloved sons and daughters? So we're not talking about any of that. We're talking about being intentional in our relationship with God to level up. And so today we're going to be talking about leveling up in this house. Next week we'll be talking about leveling up Personally, our scriptural text for the message today is coming from 1 Corinthians chapter 9. We're going to be reading from the message version. It'll be up on the screen. We'll read verse 24 to 27. And here's what Paul says to the church in Corinthians. He says, you've all been to the stadium and seen the athletes race. He said, everyone runs, but only one wins. He charges him. He says, run to win. Somebody say run to win. All good athletes train hard. Somebody say train hard. Train hard. Somebody say train hard. Train hard. hard is not fun, people. <laughs> then he says they do it for a gold medal that tarnishes and fades, but you're running for one that is gold eternally. Paul says, I don't know about you, but I'm running hard for the finish line and I'm giving it everything I got. No lazy living for me. I'm staying alert and I'm staying in top condition. I'm not going to get caught up in napping, telling everybody else about it, the good news, and then missing out in it myself. So Paul is challenging the church here. You know what he's saying? He's saying, let's go. He's saying, I'm going to give it all I got, but how about you? He's saying, would you come along with us? Because I want to do it together. He says, let's go for the gospel. He says, let's live for our Savior. Let's work hard and live hard for our family. Let's work hard and live hard for our friends and our community and God's kingdom. Let's pray. Father, we love you today. And we thank you for your word that challenges us. It encourages us. It inspires us. And we just pray today, God, as your word is heard that the mystery of the gospel would be revealed in the hearts of people, that people would be challenged to know and understand that you are a real God and you have a real plan for our life. And God, you truly desire, God, for each one of us to level up and become the people in Christ that you have called us to be. And we just love you and we commit our heart to you. In Jesus' name, say amen real loud. So if we're going to level up in this next season, by the way, this is a little intro. If we're going to level up in this next season, uh, it's got to start in the house. Somebody say in the house. 
You know, when Chris and I were voted in as the new lead pastors, we truly had to level up. I mean, we looked at the future and we just said, we got to level up and begin to pray like we've never prayed before. We got to level up and begin to hear God for the future of this church. We had to level up and learn. We had to learn a lot of new things, learn how to lead through a succession. I had to learn how to lead a board. I had to learn how to lead in the church finances. I had to learn how to lead both of us in new pastoral capacities. Chris had to learn how to lead in new executive functions. We had to learn a lot of new things. Not only did we have to level up and pray, level up and learn, we had to level up physically and mentally. You know, I took intentionally, I took more weight on about two years ago because I knew that I needed to level up. I went back to school two years ago to study to get my master's degree in theology. I'm going to be graduating. Glory to God. I'm so glad the papers are all done. I'm going to be graduating in July this year, but I had to level up. I mean, I took on 20 extra hours a week to go back to school and it wasn't just me. It was our whole family was all in it together because when daddy was in the closet studying, guess who was with Ellie? Guess who was doing the stuff? Guess who was taking care of the family. It was a family affair, but we had to level up. We had to level up and strengthen our rhythms personally, our time with Christ and be more intentional. So I started leveling up my mornings by getting up at 5 a.m. Somebody say 5 a.m. Somebody. I had to level up my mornings. I could wake up at seven o'clock. I could do whatever I wanted to do, but I wanted to level up my life. Seriously. I wanted to step up to the plate for what God had for me. And I surrounded myself with some people to help me level up. And so I began to wake up at five o'clock, spend more intentional time in the word, more intentional time with Jesus. Get up when I was tired and work out in the morning when it's hard to work out and get my body moving. I'm telling you, when I first got started, I could barely do eight pushups. You should have seen me. I mean, five, it was like, tap out. The last three was like, I mean, I make really ugly faces when I'm like at at the end of my pushup. And so uh, since January, from January to now, now I do 40 pushups at a time, 10 times a day, 400 pushups a day, 2000 a week. And I'm telling you, I'm not done leveling up yet. I'm going to keep on going because I know that when my body is strong and my heart is strong and my mind is strong, I can follow God strong. Because how many of you know that you can't just level up in one tiny area of your life and everything be elevated? You can't just level up your prayer but be sloppy in the rest of your life. It doesn't work that way. When God begins to level you up, he does that mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally. He wants you totally leveling up all over the place. When we're talking about leveling up, it's not easy. I had to do things that, that I didn't believe I could do. I'm telling you, I I didn't believe that I could go back to school and be successful, but I did it anyway, so I leveled up. I didn't believe that I was a morning person and that I could get up at five o'clock. I've been saying I'm not a morning person my whole life, but guess who I am now? I'm a morning person. Do I like it? Not really, but I'm a morning person. (laughs) I believe that, that I was only a servant and that I could never be a lead pastor, but I stepped to the plate and I answered God's call and I said, Lord, I can, I'm going to serve you. I'm going to follow you and I'm a lead pastor. See, God often calls us to do uncomfortable things when it comes to leveling up. Somebody say level up. Paul in our text, Paul said, I don't know about you. He said, but, but I'm going to run hard to the finish line. And today's message, this little mini series is really all about this. Chris and I are inviting you to come and run with us the same way that Paul encouraged the church in Corinthians. He, we're encouraging you to say, would you come run with us? I mean, so many of you are already running, but we're just inviting the rest. Would you come run with us toward the goal and the vision that God has given us? So we're charging this church as your new pastors to level up and run with us. You know, we were 
had really been praying and dreaming about what God's vision is for this church. And we truly believe that God has already spoken his vision, be caring people, caring for people. And all the things that we've been implementing under the last five years under the leadership of our pastor has been our hearts. But one of the things that Chris and I started to wonder is, God, if you wanted to level up this house, we wonder what type of things need to happen if we're going to do that. You know, Chris and I are both dreamers, but we're practical as well. And so with the combination of our giftings, we started dreaming and we started wondering, you know, did you know that every good visionary business leader, they consider a few things. One, where their business is going. And the second thing they consider is how can they scale the business for more impact? How many, how many of you want to scale your family for more impact financially? How many want to scale your family for more impact financially? Hello. And so when we're talking about this, we started taking a look at some of the functions of our church and some of the nitty gritty things. We discovered that it takes one volunteer to care for every three people that attend our church. You know, most churches are about four to five, one volunteer for every four to five, but we have a really intense impact. We don't want to burn volunteers out around here. So we want a lot of people on board. So that's not a few people doing a lot of things. And so what we began to realize that, that, that the growth and the impact of this church to be able to care for this community is all about us being intentional. And things never by ha- happen by accident. They don't happen by sitting around and dreaming. They happen by getting to work and getting busy. And so we started imagining if God wanted to do some things in this church, then we, just, we need to start leveling up our ability to care for people. And so right now we have about 130 volunteers that care for about 450 people that attend our church every weekend in person online. And we just thought, God, if you just want to increase that a little bit, then we need to increase our volunteerism to 200 people. It's just that simple. It's not, we can pray all day, but God, we want to go to work and we want to start calling people to level up and become who God has called them to be. We're beginning to understand that, that it's not just about this random growth. It is about next steps. It is about personal growth. It is about development. It is about discipleship. And Chris and I are going to fuel our energy and our passion and our love and resources into doing those things. We're going to fuel our team and our staff, and we're going to direct and guide everybody so that we can gather more, give more, grow more, and go more. This is about discipleship. Somebody say discipleship. See, the more people we have to care, the more we can care for our community. The more people we have stepping up and leveling up, the more impact we can have. So we're believing God's going to help us to make an incredible impact in the greater Arlington area. So what does that mean? God also wants this. He wants occasional attenders to become frequent attenders. They had so many occasional tenders. They are expecting God to do great things in their life. They got a hunger. They got a vision, but they're wondering why God is not moving. God is saying, I want you to level up. God is saying, if you're a frequent attender and you come once a month, why don't you just change things up? Start, become a twice a monther. Become a, if you come twice a month, become a, a three times a monther. By the way, if you're confused about the word monther, don't be confused. It's not complicated. You know, if, if you just go into the dictionary of Sean, the word monther describes the amount of time one attends church within a four week period. That's just, that's all that means. So just, we're, we're inviting you to level up. If you're a frequent attender, we're inviting you to level up. We want every individual in the church begin to have vision for their life for where God wants to take them. Frequent attenders, it's time to join the A-team. It's time to jump into starting point. It's time to find out how God has uniquely made you to serve not only in this house, but in the community so that you can care for people and we can make a greater, greater impact. 
You know, I'm stealing a line from my best friend, Shamel, by the way, he's over here on the front row. He's going to be planning a church and you list somebody in this next year. So we are po- so pumped, man. I'm so proud and I, I am ready to go. But Shamel, we were chatting the other day. He said, Sean, it's not our job to call people out. That's the Holy Spirit's job. It's our job to call people up. And that's what we're doing today. We are calling our church up. You know, we've had several people attend Starting Point and, and jump in the family. And, and I'm going to tell you this. When people join this family, here's what we're not about, putting everybody to work. We're not about that. What we're about is people getting healthy. We're about people who were hurt being healed. And we're about if you need to sit in this house and get healed up before you start serving and, and, and getting busy in your, in your relationship with God and using your giftings, we're about you being healed first. But when you're healed and you're ready, we're about us going to the next level and stepping into where God has called us to be. So if you've been around here for a long time and you haven't been on an A-team, here's what we're doing. We're saying, level up. We're calling you up. Jump on a team. Make the light loader for the Trinas and the Julias and, and the vans that are taking picture every week on day in and day out. And, and those who are at the coffee bar every single week, because there's no other volunteers to serve. We're saying level up, lighten the load of your brothers and sisters. How many of you carry a heavy load in some place in your life at work or in the family? Raise your hand. How many of you say, I wish somebody would come alongside me and help lighten my load? Raise your hand. And so that's what, that's what we're calling the church to level up the load and lighten the load for your brothers and sister, sisters. We've got a lot of volunteers here, and we're so grateful for you. I'm telling you. But can I tell you something? There's a ton of you serving, and we always need servants in the house. Somebody say amen for that. But there are some people who have been serving a long time, and they got the call of leadership on their life. So here's what we're saying to you. Level up. Begin to lead. Just begin to look around you. Where has God put you? And begin to ask the directors and the, and the leaders and the ministry directors, let them know, I'm ready to lead. I don't know what that looks like, but can we begin to explore that? Because God wants you to level up. So we're, we're just, we begin to just see everybody in this house and see every place that everybody can begin to just go to the next level and be intentional about their life. You know, we've been praying for a long time that God would help us level up our ability to disciple, to disciple people. And we've got this next step department that you always hear about. And Amanda, Pastor Amanda oversees that and she's doing an incredible job. But we've been asking God, would you just bring some new directors into that area and, and help us out? So we began to pray and I reached out to somebody a few weeks ago and, and God put them on my heart and I began to share some vision and, and help them to begin to see themselves as possibly a director in that area. And, and they said, Pastor Sean, you know, it's so crazy crazy. God has been preparing my heart for the last few months. And, and, and I've been praying that God would open some new doors. And God told me that this door right here is going to open. So I'm ready. And you got my yes. That person's Stephanie Sampson. We're so proud of her. She's going to be leveling up, being the director of Discipleship Track 201. And man, we can't be more excited. And I'm telling you, some of you look at your life and you look at the leaders and the people teaching and you think to yourself, I can never do that. I can never be that. But can I tell you something? I sat in there at 18 years old after I gave my heart to Christ, sitting in, a, in Eddie Rince, was preaching at a youth convention in Northern California. And I just, something in my heart jumped and I just thought, man, I want to do that for the gospel one day. And then the enemy started saying, no, you can't do that. And I was like, you're right, devil. I can't. I can never be that. I can never inspire people like that. I can never preach God's word like that. I can never live my life for Jesus like that. But can I tell you something? Those are the lies of the enemy. And so if you're in the house today and you're thinking, I can never do that. I can never teach. I can never lead. I can never be who God called me to be. I'm telling you, that is a lie from the enemy. And when you hear God whispering, level up and leadership and new things out of your life, just begin to listen to that voice. 
This morning we're talking about leveling up and we're talking about leveling up in this house. And so number one in your notes this morning, if we are going to level up, we all have to carry the vision. We all have to carry the vision. You know what? The vision that God has given the grace place to reach people with the gospel and and to make disciples, not just churchgoers. The vision of the grace place to to plant churches and spread God's word, to defend the orphan and to care for people and care for needs. You see, that vision, it is too big for just one man or one woman to do. It is too big for our staff to carry. It's even too big for our volunteers and our directors. If we are going to see God's vision for the grace place realized, we are going to all have to take ownership and carry it for ourselves. You know what? We can't sit back any longer and just wait for someone else to make it happen. But we have to level up and begin to carry the vision ourselves. In Exodus chapter 18, it tells a story of when Moses' father-in-law Jethro comes to visit. And he, he teaches Moses some really great leadership lessons while he's there. And so um, if you want to read along this morning, I'm going to look at Exodus chapter 18. And we're going to read um, several verses, starting with verse 13 all the way to verse 23. It says this, The next day Moses took his place to judge the people. People were standing before him all day long from morning to night. When Moses' father-in-law saw all that he was doing for the people, he said, what's going on here? Why are you doing all of this and all by yourself, letting everybody line up before you from morning to night? And Moses said to his father-in-law, because the people come to me with questions about God. And when something comes up, they come to me and I judge between a man and his neighbor and I teach them God's laws and instructions. And Moses' father-in-law said, this is no way to go about it. You'll burn out and the people right along with you. This is way too much for you. You can't do this alone. Now listen to me. Let me tell you how to do this so that God will be in this with you. Be there for the people before God, but then let matters of concern be presented to God. Your job is to teach them the rules and instructions to show them how to live and what to do. And then you need to keep a sharp eye out for competent men. Men who fear God, men of integrity, men who are incorruptible, and appoint them as leaders over groups organized by the thousand, by the hundred, by the fifty, and by the ten. And they'll be responsible for the everyday work of judging among the people. They'll bring the hard cases to you, but in the routine cases, they'll be the judges. They will share your load, and that will make it easier for you. If you handle the work this way, you'll have the strength to carry out whatever God commands you and the people in their settings will flourish as well. I love that last part that says you'll have the strength to carry out whatever God commands you and the people will flourish as well. You see, leveling up and carrying the vision, it doesn't just benefit me and Sean. It helps the whole house to flourish. Every single person that is here in this room today, I believe that you hold a key to unlock and to fulfilling the mission and the vision of the grace place. It's in your hands. You hold the key. You know, my parents, I grew up as a preacher's kid and they always told lots of stories about me, but this morning I'm just going to tell a story on myself. So let me just tell you, um, as a kid and as a teenager, like I was just an incredibly 
messy person. Okay. Like I was a mess. Like I was the kid that like walked into the house and there was just a trail behind me. Like my backpack's there. My shoes are over here. My socks are in the corner. Like just, you could tell wherever I had been in the house. Cause I had just left a trail behind me. And then my room was like an absolute disaster. Just, just clothes piled up everywhere. You know, from, from me, like trying on multiple outfits in the morning before school to make sure I got just the right one. You know, like, like I was just a mess. And, and obviously I had good parents and so they would like make me clean up my mess, but it never lasted long. Like I would clean it up for one day and then like by the next day it was a mess. It was an explosion all over again. And, and my mom would get on to me and I used to tell my mom, but, but mom, like it makes me feel secure to just have all my stuff all around me all the time. And she would roll her eyes and tell me to clean it up again. But, but here's the crazy thing. The crazy thing is that something changed and something happened when I got married. It's, it's the craziest thing. My parents would come over. <laughs> it's not going where you think it's going, okay? Um, when my parents would come over to our house after we got married... Um, it was, it was all nice and neat and tidy. And, you know, honestly, even to this day, like I'm like a very, um, organized person. I'm always straightening things up. I like for everything to have its place and for everything to be in its place. And, and it's just crazy. And, and my parents were like, what happened to you? And, and honestly, I look back at how I was when I was younger and I look back on that and I see how I am now. And I'm like, what happened to me? And obviously, hopefully, I grew up a little bit and I matured. That's one of the things. But, but honestly, I don't think that that's the only thing that happened. You see, when I got married, it became my house. It became my house. I took ownership of it. You know what? I took care of it very differently because I paid for it. How many of you have, you know, taken care of things a little differently when it cost you something, when you paid for it, when you own it. You know, I started to clean up my own messes because I knew if I didn't clean up my messes, I was going to have to live in those messes. And you see, things change when you begin to own it. Things change when you become to, to take ownership and it becomes yours. And you know what? Things will change in this house when we begin to own the vision and carry it for ourselves. When you begin to own the vision and carry it for yourselves, you know what? When you own and you carry the vision of the grace place, serving will become part of your DNA. It's just going to be who you are. And when you begin to carry the vision of caring people, caring for people, it's going to become more than just a slogan and it's going to become a way of life. And when you carry the vision, you will begin to give and it will just begin to flow freely and generously and naturally from you. Because you know what? When you take ownership of something, you want to invest in it. When you take ownership of it, things change. You know what? When you carry the vision, we all share the responsibility of growing the church together. In your notes this morning, we can't just know the vision. We have to own it. You can't just know the vision. You have to own the vision. If we are going to level up in this house, we have to carry the vision. That's so good, babe. That's so good. So we're talking about level up. Somebody say level up. So not only do we have to be carriers of the vision, we have to course correct to the vision. Somebody say course correct. You know, it may be possible that some people have been on idle autopilot, just, just attending church. And course correcting is about reassessing our life and realigning to the vision. 
realigning to all the things that you've been hearing year after year after year. We're a church who is caring people, caring for people. And, and how do we live that out? We gather, we grow, we give, and we go for the kingdom. And so if you're not finding yourself that you are gather, growing, giving, and going, and on all cylinders, it's time to realign to the vision. Here's some signs that perhaps would let you know that you're off course. Maybe you're emotionally sensitive. Maybe you are easily triggered. Maybe you have not taken a next step in a long time. Maybe you have not engaged in a spiritual conversation with your friends or family in a while. Maybe you have not taken any time to invest in your own spiritual growth and development through time in the word and prayer. And these are just some small signs, and they're, they're actually gifts from the Holy Spirit. Sometimes when we hear things like that, we receive it as condemnation. Did you know that, that God is, is giving you a gift, and he's saying, hey, I want to pull you closer. I want to be closer to you. I, I, want, I see more in you, and I, I want to develop you more. I want to grow you more. All the things that you think and dream of, the things that you want to overcome, I'll do that for you. Just, just come in a little closer. And that's when we can decide in our heart whether we want to course correct or not. But can I tell you, it's not until we actually map out a training plan. Paul's talking about running a race and training hard. Say training hard. He's talking about training hard. It's not until we have a plan that anything's actually going to get done. Somebody actually said this, dreaming instead of doing is foolishness. See, we can't wait to course correct and just go with the best intentions of our heart. Because how many know that good intentions never get anything done? I've had good intentions my whole life, but it's never been until I actually got intentional that things actually started happening in our life. You know, we want to invite you, join Chris and I as we're being intentional. We're leveling up emotionally, physically, spiritually. So I'm an avid cyclist, and, and when I prepare for an event, I'm intentional about it. I'm preparing for events right now that are happening this summer. I got a 60-mile ride coming up, a 100-mile ride, and I'm preparing. I am being intentional, but you know what I got to do? I got to have a training plan. And here's what, if you want a course correct, here's two simple things you need. One, everyone needs a training plan. Proverbs 21, five says the plan, somebody say plan of the diligent leads surely to abundance. How many love that word abundance? But we don't like that word diligent and consistent and faithful. We want to shout around the word abundance so we can hit the B3 organ in the back and the drums can, and I can just say abundant. We get pumped. But there ain't no abundance unless there's diligence. There ain't no abundance unless there's consistency. There ain't no abundance unless there's faithfulness. But I want to tell you that this, here's this. You actually reap what you harvested in diligence in the last season. So if you look around your life today and you're not seeing great fruit, it is the evidence of what you sowed in the last season. I promise you, if you diligently get up and engage in God's word, in prayer, and you sow seeds into your physical life by working out and eating well, and you sow seeds into your emotional life by being emotionally and spiritually healthy, I guarantee you when you sow those seeds, you will see fruit of abundance in your life. I promise you it's God's word, seed time and harvest every time. But can I tell you, you can change what you're sowing if you change what you reap. Actually, it was the other way around. (laughs) You can change what you reap if you change what you sow. 
I promise you with all my heart, you've got to sow differently. So here's the question for us today and for you. The question is, is what is your training plan? What is your training plan? If you have no plan, you need a plan. Your plan has to be written down. It has got to be attainable. It has got to be measurable. It can't be like, oh, I'm going to just read more this year and pray more this year. No, no, no. I'm going to read more this year at 515 every morning. And I'm going to not just read, but I'm going to read five books this year at 515 every morning. So every two months, I'm going to read a new book. Every two months, I'm going to read a new, a new book in, in the Bible. Every two months, I'm going to listen to a new podcast or, or do this. That way, when it comes to accountability, did you do it or did you not do it? Yes or no? Oh, I've read more this month. No. Did you do it or did you not do it? Yes or no? Intentional. Everybody needs a training plan and everybody needs a training partner. Somebody say training partner. Proverbs 27 and 17 says, therefore, iron sharpens iron and one man sharpens another. Did you know that you have to have people in your life to help sharpen you, to challenge you, to bring friction into your life, to bring pressure into your life? How many of you know pressure is actually good? Pressure causes growth. Without no pressure upon a seed, a seed will not grow. And we all want to grow, but we don't want pressure. Pressure is a gift from God to you and I because it helps us grow. I've got a guy over here on the front row that brings pressure into my life, that brings accountability into my life, that, that iron sharpens iron. This is one of my best friends in life. We are in the 5 a.m. club together. There ain't very many of us. Brother Manley is in the 5 a.m. club with me. And you know what? We are challenging each other to grow and be the people that God has called us to be. I want to challenge you to course correct. All right, so this morning we're talking about leveling up in this house. And so first we need to carry the vision. Second, we need to course correct to the vision. And then lastly this morning, if we're gonna level up, we have to champion the vision. We have to champion the vision. What do I mean by champion the vision? This is what I mean. I, I mean, we need to support it. I mean, we need to defend it, to uphold it. We need to be the greatest cheerleaders of it. Amen. Like we need to get behind it and champion it. So really quickly this morning, I'm going to share four ways that you can champion the vision. Four ways. Number one is to pray for unity. Pray for unity. In John chapter 17, verses 20 and 21, it's, it's Jesus and he's talking and he says, I am praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. And I pray that they will all be one, just as you and I are one, as you are in me, Father, and I am in you, and may they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. Man, if Jesus thought it was important to pray for us to have unity. Don't you think we should follow his example and continue to pray for unity? You know, for the past 20 years, this church has had incredible unity. We have experienced a great season of unity, but here's the thing, we cannot take that for granted. We can't take it for granted because unity doesn't come by accident. Unity comes from prayer and from obedience. You know what? It takes great intentionality to have, have unity. And you know what? Unity is so important. And, and here's the thing. Unity is not just important so that your pastors have like less headaches to deal with throughout the week. That, that's not why unity is important. Unity is important because the scripture tells us that the unity of believers will be a witness to the world and cause others to believe. 
The unity of the church, the unity of believers is actually a witness to the world. And that's why it's important. So if you want to champion the vision, we need you to pray for unity. The second thing that you can do to champion the vision is to speak up positively. Speak up positively. You know what? If we only understood how much power is in our words. If we only knew, if you only knew the kind of influence and the kind of impact that you can have with your words. You know, scripture tells us that the power of life and death is in the tongue. So let's use our words to champion the vision. You know what? You as a congregation, you will have conversations and you will talk to people that us as pastors or our staff, we will never have those conversations. And you have the opportunity to use your words to positively impact situations, to champion the vision. You can use your words to to answer questions and to encourage others. You can use your words to influence and to put out fires instead of fueling them. You know what? If you want to champion the vision, you have to speak up positively. Speak up positively. You know what? Our church is not perfect. No person is is perfect. No church is perfect. But if you can focus on what is right and what is good, and if you can use your words to proclaim that goodness and to champion the vision and to speak positively, we're going to level up in this house. The third thing that you can do to champion the vision is to serve joyfully. Serve joyfully. You know what? In Psalms 122 verse 1, it says, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. I was glad. You see, serving in the house of the Lord is a joy and not a burden. It is a joy and not a burden. You know what? People who know how to champion the vision are people who have the mindset of we get to do this. We get to do this. You know what? You don't have to serve at church today. You get to serve. You don't have to be on the parking team, but you get to be the first smiling face that people will see when they enter our property. You don't have to be a greeter, but you get to partner with Jesus and make people feel welcomed and loved and seen by the Father. You don't have to get here early to sing on the worship team. You get to be used by the Lord to usher his people into his presence. And you don't have to work in kids ministry, but you get to plant seeds of faith in these young lives so that when they're old, they won't depart from it. Do you see the difference that happens when we realize we get to do this? People who champion the vision, they have that mindset. They understand that they get to do this and they serve joyfully. The last thing you can do to champion the vision is to invite others on the journey. Invite others on the journey. You see, people who champion the vision, they will begin to identify others who are looking for a place to belong. They will begin to identify others who are wanting a part to play and they will recruit people to come along in this journey with us because we can't do it alone. If we're gonna level up in this house today, we have to all carry the vision. We have to course correct to that vision and we have to champion the vision. The takeaway for our message today is this, to level up, I must analyze where I am and actively choose my next step. 
I must analyze where I am and actively choose my next step. I've got to look at where I'm at right now and be honest with myself and look inside of me, see where I'm actually at, and I have to decide, am I going to make the choice to take the steps that it's going to take to level up? That's so good. You know, as I I was sitting there just kind of looking over the audience and... We're just blown away uh, by what so many of you do on a weekly basis. This is kind of like, this is the committed crowd. This is this, this, we're preaching to the choir today, but can I tell you something? I've been in the choir for a long time and I need people to challenge me to level up. And I'm never going to be what God calls me to be unless I have people to challenge my life. And so we want to challenge you today 